Thought Bubble Audio. It's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. Did that sound more excited than our last one? I hope so. <laughs> I tried really hard. Our I last did one a stage face and everything. It sounded like we were in Wentworth Prison. <laughs> I think I was just like so excited to talk about Outlander that I was like, okay, let's get through this shit. Yeah, and I was really self conscious about my lisp. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> that I still have, but it's getting better, guys. In case anyone is ever getting Invisalign, don't let them trick you into thinking that your lisp only lasts for three days because it's a lie. <laughs> it's worth noting that I probably talk to Kelsey more than anyone else on the face of the planet. And granted, a lot of that's not verbal speaking, but it's close enough and I can't hear it. So, well, I just want to let everyone else in the community know. <laughs> everyone else in the community (laughs) sure sure sure. (laughs) i'm gonna make excuses about it until i feel like i can't hear it and then it'll be fine uh and then it'll be three years from now (laughs) no 38 weeks from now thank you (laughs) oh sorry sorry i thought that wasn't until like tomorrow it isn't but i'm counting ahead I'm trying to, like, skip your weeks. I'm also drinking wine while I have them in, so they're going to get stained wine color, so I really hope I can switch them over tomorrow. Oh, shit, because you're, you're drinking that Chardonnay. I am. Girl, you're taking all kinds of risks over there. I didn't take a red wine risk, though. That's true. That would have been worse. That would have been fun to explain to your coworkers in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to work today. Why? Don't ask. Because <laughs> my teeth are permanently wine-colored. <laughs> it's normal. It's normal. I don't have a problem. No. <laughs> are you still getting drunk off of what's left in there? Yep. <laughs> disgusting and also i'm so thirsty that for a second i got jealous (laughs) (laughs) of our weird hypothetical joke (laughs) i don't know how to help you but but i want to help you i'll drink the sip of wine for you and turtle right now thanks the only good news is i have fewer weeks than you do is this a good time to tell the podcast? Oh, I guess. I guess we haven't technically done that yet, huh? No. We hinted at it a couple episodes ago. We did. You sounded like you had a drinking problem. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> it until I was editing that I was like, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> no, friends, it's not AA. Uh, it's just a, a third chair. <laughs> it's just pregnancy. It's just pregnancy. It's fine. It's not AA. It's not AA. It's just a fetus. <laughs> Yay! It's okay. I'm never going to let my child listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the end times will be nigh by then anyway, so the internet won't exist. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah. In the meantime, we have a third chair. We have a third chair. They're pretty quiet. They didn't do much. Yeah, it doesn't have much of an opinion at this point, although it did feel very strongly about a breakfast sandwich I ate earlier. It did. It wasn't wrong. It was a very good breakfast sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the only time that my fetus and I have agreed on something that I've eaten. I think you should test real maple versus fake maple and see which one it responds to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure fake maple syrup causes birth defects. Like, it's probably known by the state of California as a carcinogenic. Oh, no. (laughs) Remember that time you almost fed me fake maple syrup? (laughs) Let's reframe that as remember that time I saved you from eating fake maple syrup? (laughs) 
<laughs> because you first miscommunicated where the fake maple syrup was, and then you hid the real maple syrup. Listen, I cut this out of last week's episode. I will do it again. <laughs> It'll make it in one of these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we've been recording for 29, 30 minutes or so. You've only heard the last 10 of it. Lucky yep. bastards. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say about my company? <laughs> I'm trying to say I haven't had enough wine for the shit that we came here to talk about tonight. <laughs> Why is that? This would have been a really great episode to be completely shit hammered for. That's why I had most of a bottle of wine tonight. Uh... <laughs> that was before I knew we had surprise topics. <laughs> so here's where we're at, friends. We're going to bring back a format that we haven't used in a while. And we BYOB'd some terrible reality shows. We did. And this happened because we had picked a different reality show, and then I was supposed to watch it last night so we could record last night. No, two nights ago? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But I couldn't access it. And so then I had to scramble to find a different reality show, thus the BYOB. Mm-hmm. So we are bringing you two different weird, offbeat reality shows. And mm-hmm. if Kelsey's was anything like mine, it's going to be... A very boring nightmare. <laughs> yep, that's about right. Get hype. <laughs> because we're keeping with the theme of being human disasters, our B topic also happened by accident. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> so there was like a thing that happened over the weekend, uh, you know, the Oscars. What's that? Um, it has something to do with movies. Oh, what are those? We were like, (laughs) we should talk about the Oscars. And then we were like, but we don't, we don't watch movies, so we shouldn't talk about the Oscars. And then we were like, well, we could talk about how we don't watch movies. And then we didn't talk about it for a week. Yeah. And then we sat down to record and I was like, so we're talking about the Oscars, right? (laughs) 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 And we weren't, but now we are. It's going to be fine. We're we're professionals, guys. The good news is my whole professional life this week and last week and for the past little while and the foreseeable future has been equally a dumpster fire, so I'm just used to rolling with the punches at this point. I'm like, sure, we're doing this? Yep, we're doing this. Great. Awesome. Ready. Yep. Yep. And mine, too, to be fair. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A more different kind of dumpster fire. Yeah. They're very different fires. Very but different. A blaze nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we always live the same life. Even when we really try not to. <laughs> I know, we try so hard. The bad news is that all of you guys are stuck with the two of us. <laughs> but we're having fun. We're having so much fun. <laughs> Guys, you didn't even know I haven't been drunk this whole time. We it's didn't even great. know. It's been great. You had no idea. That's how much fun this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's do this finally. All right. Okay. What did <laughs> What did you watch? I watched the pilot of Glam Masters and I regret it. <laughs> Oh, this also happened because we were going to watch an even more different reality show about makeup Yeah, starring Kim Kardashian. Yeah. But it doesn't have any information yet. Correct. So then we had to, like, change gears. And for some reason, we've been planning this particular show for, like, two months. It was on some list. I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like it was up our alley, and it was not up our alley. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, because I had to scramble to try to find something that would be semi-thematically appropriate, I found a show on Netflix called Skin Wars, Mm -hmm. which is a reality show for body painters. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my. So why don't you start us off and we'll sort of ease our way up the spectrum. Okay. Okay. Well, it might be a quick escalation and not a not a not little ease. easy slope. Um <laughs> Much like my morning sickness. <laughs> Heyo! Heyo! <laughs> no one tells you about that second trimester vomiting, huh? <laughs> no one tells you about hitting 12 weeks and then vomiting nonstop. <laughs> this podcast is not ready for what you have to unleash upon the world. I have so much to say! I know. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> that aside... <laughs> Glam Masters is on Lifetime, which, A, I have questions, but okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> Glam Masters is a makeup reality show competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into it a little naively thinking, like, we could compete about which smoky eye is the best smoky eye. <laughs> like, Aww. content that I'm interested in a little. My sweet child of summer. <laughs> what I wasn't expecting was which metallic drip is the best metallic drip. Yep. Or which eyelids painted to look like eyeballs are the best eyelids painted to look like eyeballs. Yep. <laughs> I just wasn't ready. Yeah. The format appears to be that each episode is its individual elimination round, and they take the winners from each one and bring them to some sort of semifinal. Oh, so that's more like like Chopped or something. Sure. Where it's like a different set of contestants every episode, yeah. and yeah. the winners yeah. all go to like a final episode. Yes. Okay. So they start with four... And they have four rounds, mm -hmm. three rounds. Like I said, <laughs> my life is a dumpster fire, so I was working while I was watching this, and I, think I was you said giving three it three on Slack. Yeah, I don't know though. <laughs> they eliminate three contestants somehow, which makes me think. Oh, nope, nope, three. Math, math, <laughs> <laughs> math is hard. Math is guys. so hard. <laughs> Anyway, um, the first one was the metallic drip, which apparently meant they had to do the makeup on themselves. They had to do a dripping glob from their lip uh -huh. in a metallic sheen and take the perfect selfie of it. It made me want to vomit. Then they did, they had to do one of the seven deadly sins which is an overused reality show uh -huh. option. and I was going to say, that's like a season favorite on America's Next Top Model. Right, exactly. Um, oh, they've done it on The Bachelor also. Yeah, it was not interesting. <laughs> they did things that were really over the top, obviously. It was yeah. like very like stagey. Yeah. Um, they had someone who... They did their whole face in all these different colors, and then they had, like, it looked like a Jackson Pollock on their whole shoulder area slash chest slash face. <laughs> sure. And the can, the judges were like, this is really a look that people are going to be inspired by. No. Like, really? Are people going to also walk around looking like they just splattered paint all over themselves? <laughs> Don't think so. Nope. And... The last one was the worst one, somehow. <laughs> and that was to make their models look like dolls. And that involved painting eyeballs on their eyelids that nope. were closed. And they were super creepy. And I just came to the show wanting to learn about which smoky eye was the best smoky eye. <laughs> You were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You was just a human being. You were wrong. I wanted, like, the Pinterest version of whatever this was. No. And the there were two things I wrote down. <laughs> One of which was that this contestant who got eliminated, I think, in the first or second round, doesn't matter, um, 
she was literally Tahani. <laughs> and she was like, I'm here because my parents don't think that being a social media influencer slash makeup blogger is a career. No. And I just want them to accept that it's a career. No. And she just wanted the, like, acceptance of being legitimized by the show. And they were like, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh, poor yeah. baby. Yeah. And then the other thing I wrote down <laughs> was that this show is hosted by Laverne Cox. Mm-hmm. And she says, when she sends people away, she says, your glam has not been mastered. And I said, mark me. <laughs> Mark me! (laughs) Oh, no. So that's my recap of Glam Masters, and now I've spared you all the hour that you will never get back watching it. Even just hearing about it, I'm not sure I, like, have a reaction. Right. I was like, can I fast forward through the content? (laughs) Or am I missing something? Don't think I am. Okay, great. I guess, like, maybe this is a question for the end once we've recapped both shows, but I was thinking about this as I was looking through all the different options on Netflix before I decided on Skin Wars, but why exactly is there an appetite for, like, these super niche, offbeat reality shows? Like, are we just so addicted to eliminating people that we'll take it in whatever form we can get? Yeah, and I don't think it's... What I was here for, I don't think is wrong to deliver to the American people. No. I mean, I imagine that's what the Kim Kardashian show is going to be like. Especially on Lifetime. Yeah. I was like, this is a good audience for something that has a lot of thirsty influencers involved. Mm -hmm. Like, makeup blogging is a really good place to pull some people and give them a little platform. Although, I might argue that, like, the equivalent is on Great British Bake Off when they bring in, like, home bakers who really enjoy making scones on the weekends, and they're like, do a chocolate sculpture. Or, yeah, you know, whatever the fuck weird baking challenges they do that, like, the average home baker, including Martha Stewart, can't do. Fair. But there's usually one that they can do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Everybody gets right? one. Right? There's usually the words blanking on me right now. The signature bake. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's usually not crazy. Yeah. No, there should be like a signature smoky eye, something really batshit, and then something else. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking um, during the show that I watched that Great British Bake Off, I think, might have perfected. The art of the challenges. I want to talk more about that when I hear more about your show. I like the sequencing of their of Great British Bake Off's challenges, and I mm-hmm. think I think most reality show genres could learn a lot from that. Yeah, because they go from attainable to crazy. Yeah, and I I think there's value to being able to set a baseline of like when left to their own devices, these are what these people are good at, and then when you actually test them here's what they're good at and then if you shoot for something stupid here's how creative they are even if they're not great at it yeah like i love the blind ones what are those called the technicals yeah i like them because they take away all other factors and they say everyone does the same exact thing let's see who's good at it and who sucks at it well, my favorite technicals are when they do something really basic, like they do a type of bread. Yep. Or something. Like, sometimes the technicals, I think, are not fair. Yep. But sometimes they do a technical that's like, make a cupcake, or make this type of bread, or like, make a victorious sponge, or something that's like, basic. Mm-hmm. And those feel really fair to me, because, especially next to the signature, because you get to see the person in their home environment, and then you get to see the person being tested like very genuinely so it's like do you actually have any concrete knowledge or do you just same the make make the same scone recipe over and over again right like i would like every field of work to have a technical equivalent yeah and a signature equivalent to be fair yeah 
Yep. We all need our time to shine. <laughs> I'm interested in all three challenges executed across workplaces across America. <laughs> I feel like my workplace is just the third challenge all the time. <laughs> oh. Mine might just be the signature all the time, but I'm going to Really? It. I would have said yours was the technical all the time. Uh, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little bit of both. Uh, so the show that I watched was Skin Wars, and this is about body painting, which if you're not familiar is where you like paint a naked person to look like a thing. Is this a U.S. show or a U.K. show? Uh, I believe it's U.S. Okay. It's actually on its fourth <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> no idea where that came from. Turtle. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, turtles don't control your respiratory system, so they do now. <laughs> <laughs> There's new science out today. <coughs> I mean, maybe once they're in preschool and they're all germy and shit. Yeah. Um. No, no. Uh, it's in its fourth season now. <laughs> I'm stuck on. Real turtles don't control your respiratory <laughs> Guys, we call her fetus turtle. <laughs> Context that matters. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, there's so many inside jokes I always think you're part of. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Anyway, tell me about Skin Wars. <laughs> we're, like, we're like this big, weird friendship family over here at the podcast. We are. Um, so, <laughs> God. so it's got four seasons, which is buck wild to me. Um, and Netflix starts at season one. So I was watching the, the season one pilot. Is it on a network then? Hold on. It is. It was not one that I recognized, but I have a bunch of articles pulled up. It sounds like an A&E special, special or like a Spike special. GSN. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. But why? I couldn't tell you. It's exactly where I think it belongs, but dear God. <laughs> What's fascinating about this show, I didn't recognize any of the judges, and I feel like I was supposed to, especially the host, Rebecca Romjin. Romjin? Romjin, R-O-M-I-J-N. Is it Rebecca Romaine? Oh, maybe. Yes, that name is. is familiar, but I don't know why it's familiar, so I can't really help you. Oh, here we go. Guys, I'm an idiot. She's best known for her role as Mystique in the first trilogy of the X-Men series. Yep. And as Joan from The Punisher. Wow. Both of which are based on the Marvel comics. Wow. She was also on Ugly Betty. Okay, well, I'm the worst nerd. You're not, though. In fairness to me, she was willing to sign a contract for this show, so, like, how <laughs> A-list could she really be? She was married to John Stamos. No shit! <laughs> yeah. Wow, girl peaked early. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's that chick. But of the other people, the only name I recognized of the judges was RuPaul. Okay. And I was completely shocked that they were able to sign RuPaul as a judge on this show. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine what was in it for RuPaul because it's not like he needs any help with Drag Race. Yeah, I don't know. It was fascinating to me. That is fascinating. But yeah, he's one of the judges and honestly the best part of the show. Yeah. If you're not familiar with body painting, it is where people paint naked bodies to look like things. And typically it'll be like a picture of like a, a mural and then there's like a person in the middle of it but oh my god it's you didn't know it was a person at first because they look like the mural did they count body painting is that like butt boobs from outlander yes that is body painting <laughs> okay great <laughs> <laughs> we won't address that on the omnibus it's all you get yeah <laughs> They get a bunch of body painters, and uh, they do challenges, and then they get eliminated. Basic reality show. Mm -hmm. This episode, at least, was only two challenges, which was fascinating to me. Because mm -hmm. it's an hour-long show. Yeah. Um, two challenges seemed like not enough, especially based on how they showed the first challenge. 
Before I get into that, though, I would like to take a moment to talk about some of my favorite contestants. Okay. One of them was a guy who looked exactly like Guy Fieri. Uh-huh. He had this spiky hair that was gelled, sticking completely vertically, but it was shaped and dyed like a, a flame. No. So if you imagine like the heat miser from no. No. <laughs> um, from a year without a Santa Claus. No. That's what it looked like. So you had like the hair up in a point and it was red with a little yellow stripe in the middle. Oh, uh, no. So heat miser Guy Fieri was a contestant. There was a contestant named Mythica. Mm-hmm. I can say that again. It was <laughs> Mythica. Yep. <laughs> Her name is, is that the name you're Mythica. considering or no? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to give it away too soon or anything. Um, <laughs> Mythica. And Mythica, as it turns out, is one to watch because girl, girl, hot damn. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. But then one of the other noteworthy contestants is... An unassuming-looking sir named Sean. And Sean is originally from Canada, but now considers himself to be from Vermont. (laughs) Like you do. How do you feel about that? (laughs) And he managed to bring this up in literally every one of his talking heads. And I said to my husband, you know what? That's about right, actually. Oh, no. My dude did not do super well. He didn't get eliminated this episode, but I did look up the chart for the season, and spoiler alert, he gets eliminated in the next episode, and honestly, I think it's fair. So the other thing that was funny about the guy from Vermont is I didn't really know when this show was released, but I had this moment when he said he was from Vermont where I was like, how is that possible? Because I feel like I would have seen it on the news. And I know that sounds ridiculous, (laughs) but you know that scene in Parks and Rec where Leslie Knope is talking about how a kid went to the Olympics once and they wrote about it in the paper for like six months? Yep. Yep. That's what it's like here. It is. Like, there was the chick on like the first or second season of Survivor who was from Vermont and she made it pretty far. And that was what, like 20 years ago? (laughs) And people still treat her like a local celebrity. Yep. So... (laughs) I was like, I just, I can't believe I didn't see a news article about this guy. So I started Googling him. And the reason I didn't see anything about him is because he was cast in 2014. Like the filming was 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the time I had just barely come back to the state. Yeah. But I did find two different news articles about it. One of them in seven days, which is like the big publication in the area. Mm Mm-hmm. So... (laughs) I wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong. (laughs) If I had been paying more attention at the time, I would have known. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because it did actually make the news. Did it clarify that he was definitely a Canadian? You know, it doesn't actually, which is amazing to me. Huh. I know. I would have expected it to because he's not a real Vermonter. Right. In fact, it says that he's from Heinsberg. Oh, God. Which is like a broad, or not broad, a bold thing to say when he's actually from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear. To be clear. You can see the North Pole more directly than I can see the North Pole. (laughs) Like, the thing of it is, is I'm not 100% sure that he's actually drinking or using Vermont maple syrup instead of, like, maple syrup from Quebec. And those bitches are allowed to use formaldehyde on their taps. So don't even come at me right now, Canada. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. Oh, Canada. My shit is superior to your shit. (laughs) 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 But that's not actually what the show is about. Right. So this episode was... So they introduced all the people. There's a lot of shit talking. And then they introduced the judges. And... Then they introduced the first challenge. So the first challenge, they took them on, like, a bus tour of L.A. Mm-hmm. And then they had to come up with a design inspired by L.A. Sure. So. Was it traffic? Actually, one guy did paint a police helicopter. 
on the right. model. So all right, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of people did, like, variations on the Hollywood sign. One person did, like, a big camera lens on, like, their model's chest. How many contestants are there? Uh, hold on. Like, I have a lot? Information up. No, there's, uh, ten, I want to say. Okay. Wait for it. Yeah, ten. There were ten. Okay. And Mythica, spoiler alert, came in seventh. Damn it, Mythica. She came, she made it through four episodes. And bitch be cray. I was mm. just surprised. And Madude Sean only made it to the second episode. That's really disappointing. I would have liked to have seen Mythica go before him. Mm-hmm. So the first challenge was to do something inspired by L.A. And so they they do the typical thing, right, where they show everybody painting their models and everyone's running out of time and people are dropping shit and, you know, the typical, like, hijinks in a reality show. Yeah. And then in, like, a very Project Runway kind of way, they have all the judges come in and kind of walk around and see them during their process. Yeah. And then the judges walk out and they... And they go, make it work, make it work. <laughs> But there's, like, no transition. They just, like, walk out and then immediately start showing the judges talking about everyone's designs. And then they start announcing the winners of the challenge. Oh. So there was, like, no judging. They, like, walk in. Everyone's still painting. They, like, ask a couple questions. And then they walk out and have talking heads where they're like, oh, well, this person did a camera. That was interesting. And then they announce the winners. I feel like that's missing, like, the key element of these shows. It was missing, like, several key elements. <laughs> oh, boy. They just skipped, like, several steps in the format. Yep. So um, at the end of the first challenge, they picked a top three. So they they call out the top three, and they have them step forward, and then they announce the winner, and... They say that the winner is going to get an extra half hour in the next challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's not like the other two who were in the top three are now safe from elimination. They don't get... It's not like other shows where, like, they get only 20 minutes instead of 30. That would be the winner such gets the most. a good prize for Great Rich Bake Off. Yeah. That would like, be they only prize. ever get a cake stand anyway, but, like... <laughs> A few extra minutes would really help. It would. You know what I was thinking, though, is like, so they picked their winner for the challenge, who is, I don't think it was the Guy Fieri guy, the Heat Miser. Mm -hmm. I think it was a a more different guy who reminded me of every Chopped contestant. Like, his talking heads are literally only him going, I'm here to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's like all he has to say. Anywho, so he wins, and he's awarded the extra half hour in the next challenge, which is like a typical way that these things go, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that I would like to see a reality show where the person who doesn't win the challenge gets the extra half hour. Oh, like an underdog? Yeah, exactly. My thinking being like, the the guy who's the best isn't necessarily going to take that extra time and do anything more special than he could do in the time you gave him in the first challenge, which is why he was the best in the first challenge. Yeah, but you picked, like, like a runner-up. Yeah, but if you pick a runner-up and you say, okay, like, you didn't do great in this challenge, here's 30 extra minutes, you better fucking use them well. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a lot to prove now, you better do this. That'd be interesting. Right? It's yeah. just so boring to give the the winner the most stuff. Yeah. Like, in Mario Kart, the person in first doesn't get the blue shell. Because <laughs> everything in life should follow <laughs> Mario Kart rules. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. If you're, in, if you're in, like, the later places, you get the bullet, and then if you're not in first, you get the blue shell, and you can fuck up everyone else's shit, and you're then right. you win. You're right, you're right, you're right. I think it just makes sense. Um. So that was the first challenge. The second challenge was to do a body paint inspired by your hometown. Uh Uh-huh. So everyone did it based on where they were from. So, like, a guy was from Alabama, so he painted the chick to look like she was tailgating at a football game. Did the Vermont guy do Canada or Vermont? He did Vermont. Okay. I took very thorough notes. 
Oh boy. On his body painting. Uh-huh. And he talked a lot about Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. which is a very lovely place. And how Lake Champlain has a lake monster named Champ, which is true. Yep. Got a lot of love for Champ on this podcast. So he decided to do Champ. And <laughs> he, so on the front of the model, he oh, no. painted like a farm. Oh, no. So there was like a little red barn. And then everything was like blue. And on her collarbone, there was like one tree branch with a bunch of red leaves on it. And like maybe a mountain. Oh, no. And then the rest was just like the farm. And then on her back was Champ. And if you get the chance to do the Google, you should figure out how to Google for this because it was buck wild. But it basically looked like a really busted one-eyed dragon. And, like, Champ is a sturgeon, not a dragon. (laughs) So I find it insulting. But anyway. Oh, my God. So, So then, like, the whole thing is blue and Champ is green. And so then, like, to her hips is green. And then from her hips to her legs starts to transition into cow print. Nope. And then nope. her legs were all cow print. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And that's not even the kicker. <laughs> her face was done like a cat face. Uh-uh. And it took me the better part of the episode to figure out why. Until the Mm -hmm. judges were squabbling about it because one judge really liked it and another judge really didn't. And it might have been RuPaul, in fact. Whoever it was was like, but did it really say Vermont to you? And I was suddenly like, oh, because of catamounts, which are mountain lions for all you Flatlanders. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But Because we have catamounts. No one's going to fucking know that. I'm from here and I didn't know that. Like, put a fucking maple leaf on them. Make her whole face a maple leaf. Mm-hmm. Like, paint a nipple to look like a tap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I just think there were other ways to go about this. Like, it was just this side of, like, a quilt you would buy at the country store. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there there were several others that weren't great, but everybody else's was at least, like, really outlandish and really out there and, like, you know, really diving into the spirit of how buck wild you have to be to be a body painter. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, a farm. A cow. A cat. Because Vermont has farms. Yikes. Like, thanks, bro. Doing nothing to help the cause over Yikes. here. So you enjoyed that. Um, yes. Yeah, so the I've just a couple more things and then we're done. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the second challenge, they actually did like a walk down a catwalk. So they had each model come out and they like looked at each of them and took notes. And then they called everybody out, all the contestants. And they called. So they they said they would do a top three and a bottom three. And then they called the four in the middle and were like, you four are safe. You can go back to the lounge. Mm-hmm. And then they called the top three and then they called the bottom three. And then they were like, we would like to ask you a few questions. And then they went through and gave all six of them feedback. Uh-huh. But at no point were they like, okay, top three, you're safe from elimination. Okay, bottom three, you're safe from elim- or you're all up for elimination, whatever. They were just like, top three, bottom three, here's feedback for all six of you. Yeah. And then at the end of that, they called the top three, they announced the winner, and then they send those three back. And then they left the bottom three out. And then they start talking to each of them, and the phrasing was so bad. So for for my dude, my dude Sean, she goes... The judges liked your front, but your back wasn't strong enough. You're nope. safe. Nope. 
No. It's like, that's not how you phrase that when you want to say you're safe from elimination. <laughs> like, that's not how you write that line. And these lines are scripted. So, like, who the fuck is in their writer's room? <laughs> and so it was just, it was a hot mess. I don't remember what she said to the other two, but it was stuff like that where the, the sentence was super misleading. And then she was like, you're safe. I'm picturing, like that line being delivered to Sam Huon mid-building up those pecs in the front, being like, I like the front. I don't think I'd ever tell him that back isn't strong enough, though. Oh, no. Oh, baby. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry, you lost me for a second there. Yep, yep. I I pulled myself "Mm." back faster than usual, but... Uh Uh-huh. Started going places. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so, uh, my girl Mythica ended up in the bottom two, uh-huh. and they were talking to her because her body painting was terrible in this episode, and she almost cried. And my favorite moment of the episode happened when RuPaul goes, "Don't you dare cry! Do you want to be here?" Wow, <laughs> I love that. And I was like, first of all, every reality show needs that. Second of all, I need that. <laughs> also, like, professionally, everyone needs that. I know. I need someone like RuPaul who can follow me around and be like, don't you dare. Oh, God. That irks me to no end. Uh-huh. Criers in the workplace can go home. I'm a crier in the workplace, but I have a lot of times throughout the day where I can sit in my car in various parking lots. Yeah, you can be so, private. I can, I can hide it. Public crying in the workplace is what I can't yeah, deal with. Yeah, that's really tough. I just can't. So the real kicker of the show yeah. is they announce that whoever is going to be eliminated, they tell them why they're being eliminated, and then as they dismiss them from the stage, they say, you may now wash your canvas. Oh, no. And then they cut back and forth between the contestants talking head, the contestants saying goodbye to other contestants, and very dramatic footage of the model standing in a half-see-through shower washing off her body paint. Oh, sure. And that's how they end the episode. That is some drama. Yes. Wow. Yep. So I take it that you got a lot out of this episode. (laughs) So much. So, yeah, I mean, that was where I was thinking that Great British Bake Off has such important episode structure or Mm -hmm. challenge structure, I guess, because I didn't feel like either of these two challenges do anything to highlight what any of these people are capable of, and especially not, like, side by side. So a well-designed reality show, I feel like, should build on the performance in each challenge so you can say, like, look at how they did in this one and how they did in this one. What different strengths and deficits do you see? Yep. Which is what's beautiful about the signature, the technical, and the showstopper. Right. It's testing three different sets of ability. But they usually set them up so they're all based on the same principle or theme or something. Like- right. There's a red thread in between all three. Right. But it gives you the opportunity to look at the individual and be like, you know, they didn't do great here, but look at how great they did in these other two. That obviously shows that, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing to compare to when your only challenges are like, do this arbitrary thing. Do this other arbitrary thing. Oh, you're bad at it. Right. Like, that's just boring television. I know. Yeah. And that was where I also felt like, I don't appreciate why these, like, wacky premise reality shows are a thing. Yeah. Because there's no hook. It's like, why do I care about this, especially if the challenges are going to suck? If it's not skill-based, I don't care. Yeah. If it's too out there and crazy and weird, I'm also not interested. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, like, look at this strange hobby or look at this strange profession is a a hook. No. No. Like, there are plenty of weird hobbies out there. Yeah, and I think, like, a general sense is different than a hobby. Like, Bake Off is a good example because it's, 
like they're not just making cupcakes. Right, right. They're also making bread and meat pies and yes. <laughs> like three tiered wedding cakes. Like there's a whole variety. Mm-hmm. And I, because it came up when I watched the preview today, I'm venturing to guess that making it is going to be kind of similar. Yeah, it seems like it because uh, when we read the casting call, it requires you to show that you can do like leather making and knitting and other fiber arts and painting and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you're in general a creative maker who has a lot of skills. Right. They want versatility. That's a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true because like in, in body painting, as in. <laughs> Tell me more as an expert. You know, with an outsider's view, it seems like the only difference is, like, airbrushers versus people who use regular brushes, which they talked about a lot, believe it or not. Oh, God. There's a difference between using an airbrush and using a normal brush. But at the end of the day, the product is, like, more or less the same. It's like a person who looks like not a person anymore. Right. There's only so much you can do there. Right. And, like, it's kind of weird from the get-go, so I don't need to see more of it. I mean, yeah, it's, what, a 10 or 11 episode run if it has 10 contestants. So, like, Ugh. that's 20 plus challenges a season. So that's that's a lot of people painted to look like more different people. Yeah. 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 So. So. Wacky reality TV shows. Bad. You know what else is a wacky reality TV show of sorts? <laughs> What's that? Award shows. Sure are. We had one of those recently. What? Yeah. It was called The Oscars, and it's about movies. Was it bad? I think so, but (laughs) I haven't watched an award show since probably, like, 2005. Fair. Fair, fair. (laughs) So it's hard to know. (laughs) Oh, God. So we wanted to talk about it because... You know, timeliness matters, we think. But neither of us watched it, and neither of us knew anything about any of the movies that came out this year. Wait, I changed that slightly because I watched one. Oh, that's true, you did. Um, I watched Lady Bird and it was fine. <laughs> A rousing endorsement. It was fine. It wasn't great. I mean, Kelsey's opinion of it basically confirmed my fears. And yeah. the reason why I have not watched it yet. Like, I have never warmed up to Greta Gerwig as a person. Is that her name? I think so. As a person, her content's, like, a little too New York hipster for me. Uh-huh. And this was that? Yep. Like I told you, they did some things really well. But overall, I just didn't care enough. I couldn't buy in all the way because there was, like, a hipster block in my way. <laughs> and that sounds exactly like what I thought it was. Yeah. Which is sad cuz I actually thought like uh, we'll get into this, but I am I used to be like a bigger movie person than I am now. And I thought when I heard about this that like this would be one that I would really enjoy this year and it was not. <laughs> if you are interested in legitimate Oscars coverage, our Thought Bubbladio friends over at Academy Rewind did an episode about the Oscars, so you can hop over there and actually listen to it. Yeah. But I am curious, the opening question is, like, why don't we watch more movies for people who consume as much media as we do? Because all the talent moved to TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's the simple answer for sure. Um, The more complicated answer is kind of a mix of the nature of like the film industry right now (laughs) where like you get a blockbuster or you get a little tiny indie and there's really like nothing filling that middle space not that there should be necessarily that content was not always great yeah but what seems to really have like flourished in the indie space has been like hipster heavy Mm -hmm. and all kind of the same Mm -hmm. That's not to say there are not great movies out there. <laughs> and there's always means. great work in any genre. Yeah. But I find it harder to justify sitting through a, a movie that's either going to be like 
mediocre or too lackluster for me. Like the mumblecore like films that came out with the Duplass brothers, like mm-hmm. that whole style, like makes my blood boil because I hate it so much. Because <laughs> it's like that's fair. It, Inching into territory I would be interested in, and then it goes nowhere every time. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I always find myself thinking that movies are too much work. Mm-hmm. But I'll... And, and too much work in the sense that I would rather invest in, like, episodic format. And that was one thing when I was only watching, like, half-hour sitcoms, which require no real investment. But, like, I, I'll sit and watch Outlander a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are episodes of Game of Thrones now that are the length of feature-length films. Yeah. So, I wonder why, like, it being an episodic format, even if it's the same length per episode as a movie or close to, makes it feel like less work than watching, like, a two-hour movie that's just the isolated story. Well, I think it's it's that, right? Like, they're condensing a lot, usually, into that time frame. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. I also think it's just that, like, we're thirsty for content. Yeah. So the idea of watching... Take my favorite movie of all time and tell me I can get 10 of them, uh-huh. 13 of them, 22 of them. Like, yes, I want that. <laughs> Yeah, getting to spend, like, more time with the characters. Yeah. Not to say that neat storytelling can't be done. No. It's just a different feat, and I think it's, like, been a good and bad thing for TV, depending on who you're talking to. hmm Direct shade at the Daves, always. <laughs> yeah, ain't no one trying to justify the 10-hour movie bullshit. No. No. But I also think that, like, many people have talked about this better than we will, but there's no reason to suggest that your TV content should be considered a movie and not a TV show. Right. Right. I think there's, like, a really nice spot for, like, miniseries, though. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't spend a lot of time with miniseries, but... Big Little Lies last year was like yeah, very. It was like I want to say five five episodes. I don't know. They were longish. They were really great, and it was like a very appropriate amount of time to spend with the story that they had. Mm-hmm. I would like them to have never suggested season two. Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> However, ask how you felt about that. I have a lot of negative feelings about that, <laughs> but. Season one as a standalone is like a nice middle ground um, that worked out really well. That It was complicated enough that it would have lost a few things as a feature-length film, but they were able to accomplish with a few more hours. Uh-huh. I almost feel like for me, movies, I, I guess this is what you're getting at with the, the length thing, but movies are like too immersive. For me. So, you know, you spend two hours in a universe and because you're being walked through the entirety of a story arc in that time, I find myself getting really deep into it and then coming back out of it after two hours is like really jarring. And then that's all you're left with. So you like go down this two hour rabbit hole and then you come back out and that's all you have. (laughs) And I used to love that, though, when I was like big in movie land yeah like there was a time in college where like i watched a movie every day probably yeah i've always been really bad at watching movies like my i remember my tendency has always been like since i was a small child to put on a movie and then do other stuff while it plays in the background and maybe never actually watch the whole movie but feel like i have because i pressed play I was always more of a completionist. Yeah, I just, I've never had the attention span for them. And I, when I started watching more TV, I was only watching sitcoms, really. So it was all short. 
So it made sense to me that that held my attention span because sitting for, you know, 22 minutes is not too much to ask. Yeah. Um, And typically those shows are, were like simple enough to digest that I could still be watching them and doing other things. Yeah. So it's just interesting that like now that I am a more settled content watcher, I still don't have the stomach for movies. Yeah, I have more of the trouble of just, like, there's nothing that piques my interest. Yeah, that's true, too. And I don't know if that's because I'm not seeking it out hard enough, but the last thing besides Star Wars that I watched (laughs) and really enjoyed was The Big Sick, Mm -hmm. like, in the summer. Which I still need to see. It's really great. But part of, like, the... I know we talked about this with, like, rom-com vacation, too, but, like, part of the middle layer of of film production that's gone now is that, like, kind of fun, light, fluffy content that still is decent. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't care to sit around for, like, a Dunkirk. No. Not here for that. Yeah, when I think about the movies that I love, they're late 90s and early 2000s movies. Which I do think you're right. That was a good time for just like middle of the road, just trying to chill content. Uh huh. Or like I'll watch a John Carney movie when they come out. But yeah. I I don't know. It's hard to find a once. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I feel like it. It's too much work to be asked to have to do the digging between like. The Dunkirks, the Marvel movies, or the indie movies. Yeah, and, like, the conversation predominantly is about TV anyway now. Right. So is it easier for me to find out about what show could entertain me for ten hours, or is it easier for me to, like, dig a little harder to find something that'll only entertain me for 90 minutes? Well, I feel like there's something about... You know, even if it's a long TV show, like an hour-long drama or something, something about being able to come up for air every so often in the story while you're waiting for the next episode, whether that's because it's a weekly release or because, you know, you had it's 11 o'clock at night and you had to stop binging on Netflix. Yeah. I do like being able to take a second away from the story and then come back to the story once I've been able to process something. Yeah, that's fair. I have found myself doing a lot more time checks if I am watching movies to be like, is this over yet? <laughs> I do that constantly when I watch movies. Unless it's the parent trap, <laughs> in which case I have a mental time check and yes. I'm never wanted to end. I don't think old standards count, though, because the couple of movies I have in my back pocket, I have memorized similarly. Yeah. Do you think there was something about those types of movies that like the stickiness is gone now i mean part of me wants to say yes but there's a possibility that i'm just like a crotchety old git who's like well back in my day movies were murmur so you know i want to be careful especially as someone who hasn't watched a movie in 10 years it's not true but it might as well be but it could be you watched all the star wars this year be proud I, yeah i did watch all the star wars this year But when I went to see The Last Jedi, that was the first time I've gone to a movie theater in recent memory. I can't remember what movie I would have seen in theaters before that. Yeah, I go like twice a year and that's enough for me. Uh, Actually, I think it was three years ago and it was only because I I took a client. uh, I used to work in a residential facility and I took a client to a movie. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't even count because that was for work. Do you want to know what movie I am a little hype about? What? I have t- actually have two movies that I'm hype about, but one I think we already know about. One is the Han Solo movie. Yeah. <laughs> I will live to regret saying that I'm excited yes, for it. you will. Second one that I may also have the same reaction to is the Mary Poppins movie. Really? Yes. I am shocked to my core to hear that. <laughs> That was one of my favorite childhood movies. No shit. Like, when I was really, really young, like, pre-Parent Trap, obviously, like, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast age. But there's so much singing in that movie. 
Singing never was the issue here. Okay. I was really into Mary Poppins followed directly by the sound of music. Wow. <laughs> Fuck wild. I, I save my truth bombs for when Kiersey's on the air with me. <laughs> no kidding. I feel like the most I've learned about you has been through this show. I know, but I haven't seen the preview yet, and I know it came out and it's been sitting in a tab, and I'm too scared to watch it. I, yeah, I had no idea that a reboot of any kind was coming, and then it just, like, showed up on Twitter the other day, and I was like, really? We're doing this now? Yeah, we are. I had imaginary friends named Jane and Michael Kiersey. Huh. <laughs> 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 not not <laughs> I, know, I was gonna say that feels like that came full circle yep <laughs> I, I always felt like it was intentional and it was rude but That's you know really funny yeah huh i never would have guessed i think i also had a mary poppins halloween costume oh my god i hope that's true I hope to fairly certain god, i had that true. white dress oh, oh god oh my god yeah, I never came around on Mary Poppins, interestingly. It's, like, about feminism. I know. I need to watch it again in my old age because I definitely oh didn't God. appreciate it at the time. I still think about the scene with the suffragettes. I just, yeah. you know, didn't appreciate it back then. I know, like, all the words to this whole movie. I feel like I was also watching it side by side with, like, like Meet Me in St. Louis and other other movies that were, like, loosely in similar time frames. Yeah. And was just more interested in the historical aspect of, like, the, the adult films as opposed to Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is historical. Well, sure, but Meet Me in St. Louis is better at it. Are you saying it's a better American Girl story? It is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Garland would have been an incredible American Girl doll. All right, fair. fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't watching all that many, like, kids' movies. I was mostly raised on, like, very old movies. Yeah. Watched a lot of Doris Day, a lot of, like, 1950s musicals, like, that kind of shit. Yeah. 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 I watched mostly Mary Poppins and the Parent Trap. <laughs> so funny. You are know. just a giant mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to tell you that I went on the Sound of Music tour in Austria? <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I mean, I knew other people who did that. Wait, I've never taken you to the Trap Family Lodge. No, because they don't need to go. It's fine. I mean, we should at least drive through it. I've let my childhood feelings go about the Von Traps. But like, we drive past it almost every time you come here. So we might as well just drive I over the mountain. I had their beer at your wedding, did I not? You, you had their beer. That's not the same as going to the lodge because it's the guy the who same. owns the brewery isn't related to the original Von Traps. I've been to the lodge with my parents. <sighs> <sighs> I went to Vermont before I knew you. I'm sorry. I'm Kelsey and I went places. I went to Vermont. <laughs> I went to Vermont once. <laughs> <laughs> Literally once before I knew Kirstie. <laughs> It's some bullshit, let me tell you. <laughs> Although, it did save me the hassle of having to take her to Ben and Jerry's, so I'm not mad. And Vermont Teddy Bear Factory. Yes, thank the Lord above, I did not have to take See? you to Vermont Teddy Bear. See? I think I've only taken one person to Vermont Teddy Bear, actually. I spared you. Yeah. I would not willingly go back. Literally every year I had to take a field trip there. Do you know how many fucking button bears I had oh, in my no. bedroom growing up? Oh, no. Yeah. They could have been a murder weapon. You didn't get to go to Plymouth Plantation? Uh, I didn't, actually. You know, I didn't go to Plymouth until I was a freshman in college, and the only reason I went is because I had a friend from Marshfield, and we were driving around the area, and she took us to Plymouth for lunch. Yikes. So Yikes. I, I did get to go to Plymouth Rock. But you didn't go to Plymouth Plantation. No, I didn't. That is an American Girl story in itself. <laughs> Plymouth Rock was super disappointing. Yeah. 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 No, I... we have like two 1700s, 1600s living history museums that I went to more than once as a child. 
Yeah, I mean, we have a few here, too. Yeah, I was into that shit. Yeah. The Ethan Allen Homestead. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, that's for Outlander. God damn it. I just got so excited about my signature line. Uh, oh? Mark Ethan me. Allen. Ethan Allen of the Green Mountain Boys is the oh, reason yeah. why Benedict Arnold wasn't able to betray the Union at the Battle of Fort Ticonderoga. <laughs> Therefore, is the reason why the Union was able to win the Revolutionary War. You guys are welcome. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mark me. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think this is the time where we bid the podcast farewell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, moral of the story, we don't watch movies. We have feelings yeah. about other things instead. Yeah. Mainly yeah. Vermont. <laughs> Turns out. God damn it. <laughs> you know what? It's 11 o'clock and I'm in my house, which is better than I can say last night. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ain't that the truth. So this has been our podcast. And <laughs> if you managed to make it all the way to the end of this episode... We salute you. <laughs> if you have any thoughts or feelings about bad reality TV shows, or you have other shows that you want to suggest, you can find us on the internet. Uh, we're there. We have a Twitter. It's <laughs> at HeyWatchWithUs. We have an email, HeyWatchWithUs at gmail.com. We have a website, HeyWatchWithUs.com. In podcast news, we are going to be switching to a different host in the coming weeks. So we will no longer be using SoundCloud. It should not affect anybody who is subscribed via our RSS feed. So if you're subscribed by like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or like any normal podcast app, it shouldn't affect you. But if you are listening via SoundCloud, um, you will no longer be able to access it via SoundCloud uh, starting in April. And if it does affect your RSS, we're sorry. And whoops. Um... (laughs) Also, please suggest some content to us because this episode is what happens when we're left to our own devices. Yeah. The good news is the Outlander Omnibus returns. It's coming back next week. We're also part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network and they're our friends and you can find them at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter and ThoughtBubbleAudio.com and they have better shows than we do. <laughs> <laughs> if they made it this far, they like us, Kirsty. That's true. <laughs> A little self-deprecating humor never hurt, though. That's fair. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, my God. You know, it would be the best story if Diana Gabaldon was secretly a ghostwriter for American Girl Story. (laughs)